Okay, guys. Um, hopefully, you can see me. And uh, welcome to this um, edition of Topics on My Mind being live streamed today on August 10th, 2023 at 2.05 p.m. Pacific. And will be uploaded this weekend. Will be uploaded this weekend. Um, of the 13th, 12th, and 14th. So, so yeah, that is when it will be uploaded. But again, welcome guys to this Topics on My Mind for today, August 10th, 2023, being live streamed here on Twitch and eventually will be also shown on Spotify and everything um, as well. And then shown later this weekend on YouTube once that suspension that I've mentioned is um, uh, taken care, care of. Now I do apologize for um, I do apologize for any interruptions. My mom right now is listening to Creflo Dollar um, and you know she's also finished her laundry so she might walk across, open the door, knock hopefully before she does. And um, also, we've had some service interruptions, if you will, outages by Xfinity. Uh, yesterday, we had one for about 15 minutes. And then way early, past midnight yesterday, we had one for a total of six hours, I would assume. Don't know what happened there. They say that the one that happened um, post uh, past midnight uh, yesterday was unplanned. But then they said the one that was but then they said the one that happened for about 15 minutes last night, or yesterday in the afternoon, was planned. And what happened is that affected not only me doing a live stream here on Twitch, but it also affected my mom in Patterson because the people she was going to to take care of some business, notoriety business, um, lost Wi-Fi because they're also connected to Xfinity. And it was just about the same amount of time that... Um, I was out that, you know, they were out um, as well. And then it happened last night. I was asleep, you know, for a bit, trying to take a nap, maybe going right to sleep, basically. And apparently I woke up. My mom told me it went out again. And it was out for, I'm, I'm not sure how long it was out. I don't know if it was out for another six hours or four hours. But it's back on. I was back on, I should say, when I got, I got up this morning. Um, so that's good. And then they're telling me, I'm not going to show you this right now because I have my security camera on. I'm keeping an eye on my mom so that, you know, if she starts moving a little bit, I'll kind of do this, if you will. Say, hey, you know, um, quiet a little bit because you never know. Um, anyway, anyway, long story short, like I said, um, this time around they have something right on the uh, Xfinity app. And it says, you know, you are currently keyboard currently unaffected by you know uh, unplanned outage or you're currently unaffected by you know well basically that's saying that you're currently unaffected by an outage uh, in your area which means right now I'm unaffected doesn't mean I won't be affected later because apparently you know a lot of people commenting on the neighborhood watches Patterson and Newman have basically said that um you know, maybe putting the 10G network didn't go as planned. Like, they didn't really work out all the uh, technical uh, aspects here and there, if you know what I mean. Uh, but anyway, you know, that's why if you see in the description of the live stream as you're watching, uh, basically, you know, we, um, you know, basically what I'm trying to say is you see in the description of the live stream, well, I'm saying sci fi interruptions or stream outage or something like that, because that's apparently what could happen. Now, what's going on? We don't know. We don't know if they're um, fixing, trying to improve on their 10G installment. We don't know if they got other area, other places in our area that are, you know, finally getting the, you know, finally getting the 10G, you know, the 10G network. We don't know. But apparently, it's not just here in Newman, but it's widespread. We don't even know if maybe the construction they're doing over here at the uh, beginning of Inyo and everything is affecting it. We don't know. But again, that's what I'm saying when I'm telling you right now. I do apologize for any interruptions that may occur 
during this live stream, if you will. But anyway, with that said, as you can see here on the screen, we have a list of topics that's right here, I, I think, that you can see on the left hand, right here. You can see right here on the left hand. We have some topics to talk about. And I do have the list right here in front of me as well. So you guys can follow along. I do have the list. And the topics we're going to talk about Again, this is being live streamed today, hopefully without interruption, on uh, the 10th of August, and will be uploaded to YouTube uh, this weekend, mostly on the 13th and the 14th. And you also get it on Spotify later on. But the topics we're going to talk about are um, as follow. You know, number one, IDW. We're going to talk about you know IDW comics on the verge of losing Sonic, My Little Pony, and TMNT comics after already losing Transformers, G.I. Joe, and others. We'll talk about Disney to sell to Apple in the very near future, if that's a possibility. We'll talk about that uh, the WGA, the Writers Guild of America, you know, who's currently on strike to meet with the AMPTP uh, tomorrow or this past Friday when you watch this on YouTube. Uh, hopefully by tomorrow, hopefully by the time you watch this on YouTube, something would have been worked out. If not, you know, maybe this is just another step to try to see what needs to be worked out. Uh, number four, we're talking about the Sonic 3 movie begins filming without actors. We'll also talk about number five, will Paramount and Hasbro go through with the Transformers G.I. Joe crossover movie. And also, speaking of Hasbro, the last thing we'll talk about is them selling E1 to Liongate. Or to Lionsgate, if you will. So, starting off, let's talk about the first topic, IDW. Uh, comics on the verge of losing Sonic, My Little Pony, and TMNT after already losing Transformers, G.I. Joe, and others. Uh, so, I was watching I was watching a video, if you will, uh, by Clownfish TV. You know, I was watching a video by them. And they talked about, and it was by Neon. Neon usually does the comic book videos on its own. Sometimes he does have his wife, Geeky Sparkles, uh, with him. But this time around, he was doing it on his own. He was talking about, you know, that he's talking about the fact that IDW pretty much is in a situation to right, right now to where he doesn't see them lasting much longer. He doesn't see them, basically, he doesn't see them being in business. You know, what he sees uh, mainly is he possibly sees them getting bought out by somebody. Or just going out, or just going belly under, uh, in the next few years, uh, he bring, he brought up the fact that they've already lost several licensed titles to Skybound Comics, like Transformers and GI Joe and others. Um, and the question obviously is, will they now lose some of the more profitable comics, you know, licensed comics that they have? You know, will they lose Sonic? Will they lose My Little Pony? Will they lose TMNT? You know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, and that's a good question. You know, that is a good question. Will those titles, among others, licensed uh, properties they have, will they be next? And I've discussed this previously on a, in a video on YouTube uh, and everything, or here on YouTube when you watch this on this weekend. Um, but I, I, you know, I discussed this, you know, that I discussed this in a video. And when it comes to these licensed comics, these three most popular best-selling licensed comics that they have outside of the ones they still have and outside of the ones they lost to Skybound and others. You know, I look at the fact that if they were to lose any one of them, I could see one, My Little Pony, following suit, you know, with G.I. Joe and Transformers, the other Hasbro properties. You know, I could see them following suit over to Skybound. I could see that. Uh, as far as TMNT and Sonic goes, TMNT, I could probably, this is just me, I could see them being mostly a Mirage comic now, or I could see them being part of Skybound as well. Um, I could even see them going to uh, Dark Horse. I think if Dark, if Dark Horse is still around, I think Dark Horse is still around. Um, I could see them. I can see them going to, to Dark Horse and everything and 
let, let me add, add a text um another text but let me add in uh, something here hold on guys uh, let me see what i can uh, take out um okay we'll take that out and uh but yeah i could see them going to um dark horse maybe if they're still around a top cow you know and everything i i could see that you know i could i could see that you know and everything you know i i can i can see that honestly so there's there's no doubt that i think they'll land somewhere where they'll still be you know they'll probably either continue where they left off or start all over again but I could see them if they don't st if I if IDW does end up losing them, which would be a big blow. Uh, I could see them going to Skybound, joining the Hasbro properties that are currently there. You know, I could see them going to Top Cow or Dark Horse. You know, and uh, you know to try to keep up with what they're doing. Now, I don't think now here's the thing. I don't think IDW will lose them because they've already. Uh, begun a couple of spin-off comics you know the Saturday morning comics based on the original cartoon and, and so on they've had um, they've had success with the uh, the uh, the uh, trade paperback uh, collections of the RT TMNT adventures you know they've just seen a big you know uptake and in, in sales with the last Ronin and possibly with the upcoming sequel to that as well as the lost years and all that and it's you know, I, I don't think they're going to lose the TMNT property just yet. I just I don't see that happening just yet. Um, but if it does happen, like I said, I could see you know the three I've mentioned: Skybound, Dark Horse, or Top Cow, picking them up and either continuing them where ITW left off or just rebooting them entirely. I could see that. A wild card I could see is Archie, but. I, I don't think that will happen, but then again, you know, then again, I could be wrong. You know, I could be, you know, I could be absolutely wrong about that. You know, I can absolutely be wrong. Um, you know, so, so I don't, I don't think they'll lose them. I don't, as well as I don't think they'll lose My Little Pony. My Little Pony right now, even if it's G5 based comics, uh, they're still popular, you know, properties for them. They're still a popular franchise. So I, I don't see them losing My Little Pony either because you also have uh, these uh, G4 comics, you know, that they've released to where, you know, you've had, they have these G4 comics, you know, that they've released that are adapting classic stories and fairy tales and, and all that. So I, I don't see them losing My Little Pony because those are selling just as well. You know, and everything. So I, I don't see them losing My Little Pony, you know, whatsoever. But if they do, more than likely I see Skybound picking them up and then joining Transformers and G.I. Joe and, and all that over there. That That's the only publisher I see. Because if you want to keep all the Hasbro... Because if, if we know Hasbro, like we should, you know, being fans, you know, they'll want to keep all the Hasbro properties under one roof. You know, so if, you know, so if IDW does end up losing ponies... I could see them, the MLP franchise that is going over to, um, going over to, you know, to, um, what, what was I going to say, going over to Skybound with tra joining Transformers and G.I. Joe. I could see that. I can see that. Uh, as far as Sonic goes, again, that's a very popular IP for them right now. It's selling out well. I mean, they are on the verge of releasing the one-shot 900th adventure comic for Sonic. Uh, whatever that's going to consist of, people are speculating, hey, we could see Sally Acorn and Bunny Rabot and the Freedom Fighters maybe. You know, people are just speculating and everything because there's um, publicity of past story artists and story writers and artists, maybe with the exception of Ken Penders, but previous story artists and writers, you know, coming in and you know, basically helping out and contributing. So, you know, so so that even though that sounds good and everything, you know, you know, even though that sounds good and everything, Sonic's uh, the Sonic comic has been brought up as, you know, a title IDW could possibly lose. But again, just like with MLP and TMNT, you know, I I don't think that's going to happen because the sales are too good. The stories are actually pretty good. Some are a little faltering, and some could be dragged on for too long, you know, when they shouldn't be, uh, look up Metal Virus, 
if you will. Um, but uh, but I, I don't think Sonic will be leaving IDW anytime soon. Now, if he does, if he does end up being a title they lose, then I could see Archie Comics coming, you know, you know, sneaking, you know, coming up from behind with a welcome home basket and saying, "Hey, Sonic, come on back," you know, and everything. I could see that. I could see that happening, you know. Then again, you have all the other like publishers, like I mentioned, that could want to take a crack at Sonic. But um, again, I, I don't. I don't see Sonic leaving IDW anytime soon, you know. I, I don't see it. I see maybe it growing, you know, because I think if I'm Ian Flynn, if I'm Ivan Stanley, you know, you know, I, I basically, you know, I basically tell everybody at IDW on my team, hey, we got to bring in the Freedom Fighters, you know, in some capacity, because if you, because I think anybody knows, IDW should know this better than anyone because they have brought in, you know, classic TMNT characters from the Archieverse and, and all that. That if you bring in popular characters that fans have associated with a franchise for a long time, or the longest time, into the new um, chapter of of the character's existence, comic, you know, multimedia-wise, comic, comic book, cartoon-wise, or whatever, you know, fans will gravitate. You know, they will gravitate to, you know, to it, and they'll want to read it. They want to see, okay, how do they get integrated? And stuff, and I do apologize for any like here. You know, but they want to see. You know, how do they integrate? How how do they, you know, how do they, um, you know, get in, you know, get involved in everything? You know, so they'll want to see that. They'll want to see that. So, um, anyway, though, again, I do apologize for any lag. Apparently, that's on the streaming part of Twitch. Hopefully, it doesn't mean interruptions coming. If it does, I would not be surprised. Um, Oh, there we go. It's getting better. Uh, the bit rate's kind of going down a little bit from what they're saying here. Or showing here, I should say. But, you know, again, I, I, I don't... I don't see... You know, I don't see IDW losing them anytime soon. I do see them, like I say, growing and bringing back... Or bringing in the Freedom Fighters for, for you know, in some capacity. Because, as I mentioned, people will... You know, that's the kind of stuff that attracts people to the property because now they're seeing that you have all these past characters that have been associated with the franchise previously being brought in as part of the new chapter, new incarnation. So, you know, you're going to want to be interested as to, okay, how do they integrate them? Like, how do they play a major part in this? Is, you know, would, is uh, the question you would have, the curiosity you would have. So... You know, so yeah, I, I have no. I have no doubt in my mind that that they're going to stay with IDW for a while, and that the only thing I see happening is a growth, you know, lore-wise and and everything in, you know, in the comic. You know, that's what I see. You know, that's what I see. So, lore-wise and character-wise. So I don't think they'll lose Sonic um, for quite some time, especially with you know certain things up on the horizon and currently going as we speak. Um, but just that old saying never, of never say never because you never know. You don't know if it will happen or won't happen. You know, so you got to be, you got to be, di so you got to, you know, keep an eye on these kind of things, uh, in my opinion. But, you know, honestly, I don't see them losing Sonic. I really don't. I don't see them losing My Little Pony and I don't see them losing TMNT anytime soon. I don't, I don't really do. You know, but again, if they do. The most likely scenarios I see for them, TMNT wise, I see them being either going to Skybound, or I see them going to, you know, uh, Top Cow or Dark Horse, one of those three. Uh, My Little Pony, I see being bound for Skybound, and you know, Sonic wise, I could see him going to Skybound, or I could see him going to or going back to to Archie Comics. I can, but I, I don't. I don't think that's going to. I don't think that's going to to happen, like I said, anytime, anytime soon, in my opinion. I I really don't. But you know, but we'll see. But right now, you know, according to some people's uh, speculation and theorizing, like Neon of Clownfish TV, they they don't see them lasting much longer over there 
at IDW, and they don't mostly don't see IDW surviving another several years, either because they feel that either they'll get bought out to survive, or they'll just go belly up. Period. So that that's pretty much you know what people are looking at. But again, for the time being, you know I I don't see them, I don't see them losing um, those three titles uh, anytime soon. All right. So on to the next topic, Disney to sell to Apple in the very near future. Um, this one's interesting because, you know, everybody's reporting that Disney financially, eternally financially, is not doing so well. You know, they're cutting costs here and there. They're removing certain programs, you know, from Disney Plus, stuff like that. You know, um, you know they're just basically making cost-cutting measures. And I was watching a clip from the John Campia show today and you know that being the 10th of when this is being live streamed and everything live stream recorded I was watching you know a video you know from you know from John a video clip from John Campia's podcast and he brought up the fact that Bob Iger who is back as the CEO of the company is going to stay there for the next several years you know, has been doing exactly what is needed to try to put the company to basically make the company more attractive for a possible transaction to a new, you know, to a new parent company, to a new owners. And, you know, you can definitely, and I, I do agree that you could definitely see that. You could see that and you could feel it um, in a way, if it not visually, if not, you know, um, I wouldn't say feel it, but more like you could see that and you can visually uh, witness that. That's what I'm trying to say. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. With, you know, Disney, you know, uh, with, with Disney, I didn't tell about that, uh, but with, with Disney and everything, you know, even John Campia and others have pointed this out that even though it seems like, you know, they would be a lot, even though it does seem like they're getting into a position to possibly, courtesy of Bob Iger, uh, you know, even though they're getting into a position of, you know, possibly being sold, all thanks to Bob Iger, I should say, and I do apologize for some of the interruptions or distractions, uh, even though they are getting into that position, if you will, and according to John Campia, based on the history between, um, you know, Bob Iger and Apple, and uh, the I can't think of who's the guy who's running Apple right now, uh, you know, that guy, what, what was it? Uh, I can't think of the name right now, and his history with Disney, you know, so you know, it, it would not, you know, it would not surprise someone like. You know, like John Campia, for for something like this to happen, it would not surprise him, you know, whatsoever. But the thing is with Disney, and a lot of people have said this, that even though it does look like they're getting being put in that position by Iger and everything and others, they're too much of a well-known entity to uh, want to be sold. You know, they're too much of a global conglomerate to, you know, be you know put into a situation to where they could get sold. And everything, you know, they're too much in you know in a situation to where, if they get sold, you know, there could be a backlash against the sale. Like fans would not approve of it. Fans, you know, would not be cool with it. Like fans may not be happy with them now, but the last thing they would want is you know for Disney to to sell to someone like Apple. And even though you know, you know, someone like you know John Campia believes you know someone like John Campia believes that you know the the person running Apple right now would you know um, would be all for pushing certain things like you know Marvel and you know and Star Wars and everything because those are in the, the Muppets maybe because they're Disney properties and everything he just doesn't see it really happening right now like even though it'd be a great acquisition for Apple and even, or even someone like an Amazon, I, you know, people like Campia, you can just tell by the way they're talking about it, 
They just do not see it happening. They just do not see it, you know, becoming a reality anytime soon. I think, honestly, what he sees going on here with the cuss-cutting measures and everything by Igar and his crew at Disney is that doing it not to make Disney look like, hey, we're for sale and everything, despite what Igar might say, like, oh, we, we could consider it and all that, you know, or we want to probably sell off this or, you know, you know, mer you know, sell off half of this to, you know, to this and all that. Despite what he says in those areas, I, I think everybody knows from Clownfish TV to Bob Iger to anybody else. Not well, not well, specifically Bob Iger, I should say, but from Clownfish TV to John Campion and everybody else. I think they know that Disney's not going to get sold anytime soon. And that what really these cost-cutting measures are is to make it more profitable. Make it more profitable so that that way, you know, from within, they can build back up and not have to worry about any potential sale um, in the near future. I think that, I think honestly, honestly, that's why, you know, I don't think you will see, you know, a sale anytime soon and that in reality what these cost cutting measures are you know is to basically make the company from within more profitable now there are things that kind of you know connect with it a little bit um as well you know there are some things that connect with it as well uh like for example you know um it was announced in the quarterly meetings uh, recently in the third quarter meetings that you know, they've raised the price on Disney Plus. Then now for the ad free tier that I'm a part of, you gotta pay fourteen bucks. And you know, like I say for the you know, for the um you know, for the uh sorry about that. But like I said for the for the um ad free tier you gotta pay fourteen bucks now. But for the ad tier basically the one that has the ads and everything um you would uh basically be paying what you were paying originally for disney plus ad free when it started you know that's what's going on and you know people like campio look at that as a strange but maybe unique kind of strategy by by you know bob Iger. you know they see that as being something that you know could you know, profitably help Disney out, and maybe in a way, because there is reports going around. And I'll talk about this later on, to where he's gonna—he's trying to help find a solution, or he wants to help find a solution to end these strikes, right? So, what if one of those solutions is, hey, I'll raise up the price of the ad-free tier to this, but the ad tier, the one where you know, like you'll get Disney Plus but you'll have ads, is at the price that you know people originally paid for Disney Plus ad-free you know, you know, when it started, you know, uh, basically, let me put that down for a second, uh, but basically, what if part of that strategy is he want, is, you know, as Campia put it, to attract people who can't really afford ad-free to the ad tier, and then by default, if his if he, you know, if, if what the rumors are saying is true, that he's trying to figure out a way to, to help stop the strike, what if part of that strategy is, hey, more people that come to the ad tier, where they get Disney Plus but with ads, that will be something attractive that we could propose to the actors and everything to help end the strike. Like, hey, the more people that we, you know, attract to the cheaper ad tier, the more that will help you. You know, so... Maybe that's maybe that's part of it. We don't really know, but um, but again, you can kind of tell this is a there's a lot going on. You know, there's a lot um, happening. You know, right now. You know, there's a lot happening right now um, as we speak. You know, when it comes to Disney, to where it does look like they could sell, just based off a lot of the reports. But um, you know, but honestly, I. I don't know. I don't know. But I think just by the way people are talking and everything, you know, they they don't see Disney, you know, selling anytime soon. They they really don't. They don't see them selling anytime soon and then all this really is is to help them profit financially within the company by cut making some cost cutting measures and um basically you know, allowing them to 
have a more smoother transition uh, financially to get better, to get off their feet and, and everything. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But that's just my thoughts on it. Again, you could just tell by the way, you know, Campia's talking, the way Clownfish TV is talking, and others are discussing it, that, you know, they don't see Disney really selling, even though it does feel like that's what the direction they're going, that it feels more like a, a strategic maneuver to, you know, uh, cut costs to make a profit from within. And that maybe there is more to it, especially like when it comes to the changing of the prices to Disney Plus, the ad tier and the ad free tier. So that's just that's just the way I see it. You know, and again I could tell just by listening, you know, by the way the people are talking that that's kind of how they see it, um, as well. So it's more along the lines of making things more profitable for uh, for them in the long run than anything else and that it doesn't really have anything to really do with a sale. Not that they wouldn't be a, tr not, not saying that they wouldn't, you know, um, consider it or be attracted, you know, consider it and mold it over and everything. But I don't, I don't think anybody would definitely, you know, be part of a, a sale like that. I don't think they would. Um, but we'll, but again, it's a wait and see scenario. So we'll see what Disney does. We'll see what Disney does. And just um, you know, go from there. You know, just go from there, uh, and everything. All right. So the next topic we're going to talk about here is the WGA to meet with the AMPTP, the AMPTP, uh, tomorrow or this past Friday. By the time you watch this um, on um, on YouTube, uh, but yeah, the the report is this is going to be the second meeting. And within, uh, I'm assuming a week or so, um, after these strikes, which are now entering today, as of today, it's 100th day and all that, this is the second meeting. Now, we don't know what happened with the first meeting, which happened, what, about a week ago or so? We don't know what happened. Well, actually, we do have an idea. I think they just, I think what it was was more of an I kind of a, a discussion of like, okay, what is it that we can work together? What is it that, you know, we could do for you to end this? Like, you know, basically things that are back and forth. And apparently, according to reports, a lot of things are on the table. A lot of things are on the table um, that, you know, the AMPTP and Hollywood Studios will agree upon, but there are some that they will not agree upon. Or at least, they won't agree upon in their current state. That is the that is the thing. You know, they, they agree upon everything else, but they won't agree upon uh, everything that's in its current but it won't. But there are certain things, like the residuals and stuff like that, you know, like the writers' room, you know, wanting more writers and everything, uh, that they will not agree on in its current state. Not saying they won't, but they want to have like a like they want to find that middle ground. Like, okay, where can we, where can we meet you in the middle when it comes to those two lingering lingering things, if you will outside everything else that we both that we both agree on like both sides agree on everything else is good and everything but what what can we where what middle ground can we meet at for you know for um for that you know for when it comes to ai and the residuals and stuff like you know that like what what, what is the middle ground so hopefully by this friday so hopefully by tomorrow or this past friday or by the time you watch this something would have been worked out I mean, for those of you watching this on YouTube days, many, several days later, you know, so we, hopefully something will be worked out or there will be, this might be a positive step. Like this might be the first major step in this ending because I think, again, this might be just another meeting to kind of, you know, uh, figure, figure out, okay, what is it, you know, that we, what is it that we can really do to help you out and everything. It's like, what can we do? to help you out in everything, especially trying to find a middle ground in this whole scenario of like everything else is good, but this other stuff, yeah, we gotta really talk about that and all and everything. So it's like what middle ground can they find themselves at? And I think that's where we're heading. I think honestly that's where we're heading is 
some kind of a middle ground between them. I really do. It's a middle ground, in my opinion. But we'll see. Now, as far as you know, connecting this to the previous topic where I talked about Bob Iger and the, the rising of the Disney Plus stuff and everything, uh, you know, the rising of the Disney Plus, you know, uh, tiers, you know, ad free being 14, ad tier being, you know, the price that you paid for Disney Plus when it started. The reason, you know, according to some, that it seems like, you know, Bob Iger's doing that and the way it correlates with this topic of the WGA. And by extension, SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, um, is mainly because of the fact that, you know, uh, the way Campia put it, as I mentioned in the previous topic, is it's more, he feels it's more a strategic move to get people to subscribe to the ad-free tier and everything, because not only would Disney make money off the ads and everything, more so than regular ad, more so than ads on regular television, but if you connect it to what's going on with the strikes and rumors that Bob I and the reports, I should say, that Bob Iger wants to be one of the people that helps resolve this issue or find a solution to this issue, you know, what if him, according to Campia, strategically trying to get people to go to the seven, more cheaper seven ninety nine uh, ad tier, what if that's part of the strategy to say, hey, actors, writers, you want residuals? Here's my plan. Here's what I plan to do. I'm planning to... You know, raise the price of Disney Plus ad-free to fourteen ninety-nine, and I'm going to keep the ad tier at eight dollars. And guess what? People will be more attracted to that, and by going to that, I'll be able to I and others that are going in that direction will be able to help you out. That might be what happens. I can't say. You know, that might be what happens. Happens. I can't say, but again, it seems kind of weird that that's. That's the direction that they want to go in. That's the direction that seems to be, you know, where they want to go go in and everything. That being Bob Iger, as a not only a way to profit Disney a little bit more, but to also maybe help out in, you know, finding a solution to these strikes, what both the writers and the actors. But yeah, um, at, by the time you watch this on YouTube, they would have already met, and maybe by the time you watch this, they would have work something out, hammer something out, or maybe we'll hear that this is just a positive step in the right direction. Because again, you know, everything else, you know, is okay. Everything is like agreed upon 100%, except there's those two issues that are holding things up, the AI and the writer's room. So again, I think those two solutions where everything else is locked, sealed, and ready to be delivered, you know, the only thing they're waiting on is these two solutions to be reconciled and I think there's a, and I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a middle ground where they're going to have to meet, and that middle ground, that middle ground is going to, to me, going to be something to where it's like, okay, fine, you know, the AI thing, we understand that's not going to happen, that's not going to be a deal, you know, we won't, we won't let that happen, or like, hey, the the AI thing, we get it, but guess what? Here's what we'll do, we'll give you, we'll do what you want, we'll give you what you want when it comes to that, but only if AI has to be utilized as a last resort. I think that might be what happens. Uh, as far as the writer's room goes, I think the agreement will be, look, we know you want many writers and everything to help you out, that's fine, but here's what we can do. And they might say, if it's a network series, broadcast television and everything, you know, you'll get the, you'll get the, uh, num you'll get what you want writer room wise. But if it's a limited streaming series, You'll get uh, mainly. You'll get mainly the. Um, you know, you'll get mainly half of that. Like if it's a limited streaming series, like six, eight episodes, ten episodes, you'll get your writers, but it won't be as much as let's say, broad, you know, regular broadcast television. And then movie-wise, you know, they'll get probably a little bit more as well. Like they'll get what they want, but there'll be like a, a middle ground, if you will. There'll be a middle ground. So. Again, by the so hopefully tomorrow, because it's being live stream recorded right now here on Thursday the tenth. Uh, hopefully by tomorrow things will be good. Um, and by the time you watch this on YouTube, this, you know, hopefully after this weekend, you know, we'll get some good news out of it. We'll see. But yeah, the plan is for them to 
uh, meet tomorrow or the plan was for them to meet this past Friday again by the time you watch this on YouTube uh, to try to work something out or at least take another step to try to get things you know uh, going in the right direction alright so the next topic we have here Sonic 3 begins filming without actors that's right Sonic 3 has begun filming but without the actors because of the uh, actor strike um, now people might question well how is this possible well it's real simple it's only going to be the scenes which Sonic Knuckles, Tails, Shadow, and whatever Sonic character, you know, they bring in outside of them. Or whoever else they, whoever else Sonic-wise they bring bring in outside of them. Like Rouge, like if it's Rouge, or Amy, or whoever. So, that's basically, that's basically why they're beginning to film. You know, without the actors. Because they're primarily focusing on the themes, you know, that involve Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Shadow, and... Maybe, by extension, you know, uh, Amy Rose and Rouge the Bat. You know, that that's what's going on right now. That's what's going on right now. But, um, but yeah, you know, this is why they're able to film. This is why they're able to do this. Now, I know people might say, well, won't they get... W wouldn't the uh, Actors Guild or the Writers Guild kind of be against that? Like, wouldn't they try to shut that down? Yeah, you would think that, but the truth is, again, the truth is there's a loophole. And that loophole is it doesn't involve the actors. You know, like the production and, you know, direct, the production crew and the director's crew, you know, they could all be there and they could still work. But, you know, but again, but again, the, the loophole is only working because... You know, they're the mainly focusing on the characters, you know, of Sonic, Knuckles, Tails, and Shadow, and whoever else. You know, they're not focusing on the human characters and everything. So there's that loophole to where, yeah, you would think the Actors Guild and the Writers Guild want to strike, you know, want to go all over to that set and petition and say, this needs to be shut down and all that to show unity and everything. You, you would think that. But the truth is, it, there's that loophole. And that loophole is there's no actors involved. It's only the characters of Sonic, Tails, Amy, if, it's a, if Amy's in there. But Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Shadow, and like I said, by extension, maybe if they're in there, Rouge and Amy. You know, so that, that's the reason they're able to film. You know, you know film uh, the movie or begin filming on the movie because, you know, they're mainly focusing on the scenes with those characters. I mean, let's not forget, Sonic 2, mainly outside of Jim Carrey's character, you know, mainly was focused on the Sonic characters themselves, Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles. So, that's basically what we're probably going to give with Sonic 3, more so than the second movie, is primarily focused on them with the human characters integrated. You know, integrated at certain moments, but those scenes, you know, will be filmed later on. You know, like, Pretty much, they'll film the scenes that need to be filmed with the characters, and if there's an interaction, they'll just do that later. You know, so that's basically the way it's going. That's basically what, why they're able to do this because of the fact that the film is because of the fact that they're not using actors to do anything, filming-wise, you know, scene-wise. They're just focusing on the regular characters, you know, the regular established Sonic characters, like like I mentioned, Sonic, Tails, Knuckles. Shadow, and if they're in this movie, uh, Amy and Rouge. So, so that's why you know they're able to do that. I mean, it's it's not like you know the situation right now to where, you know, you have Sarah Silverman, in you know Sarah Silverman and others, being upset at the fact that a lot of these top tier actors and actresses, you know, that have been given consent and permission to steal film, and everything these uh, indie projects, it's not like, you know, it's not like that situation to where, you know, she feels they're being scabs, she feels they're being hypocrites and everything because, you know, they're, they're being allowed to do this. It, it's not that. It's more along the lines of, you know, we're able, it's more along the lines of the fact that because these indie films that are by productions like A24 and everything, you know, because, you know, the you know, the 
because they buy these companies, A24 and everything, that are indie companies that are not part of, you know, the Screen Actors Guild, Guild or part of the AMTPT, you know, you know, that again, that's a loophole that, you know, people will work around. They'll be like, hey, we can do this, that's fine. I and everything, it allows us to still work. The reason people like Silverman and others are upset about that is because they believe that the more unity actor-wise that they get, the more the studios of the AMPTP will fall to their knees or give them what they want. And that's not happening right now. That's not. So... You know, so basically, the way I look at it, you know, again, just like with the Sonic situation, it's all because of a loophole. And that loophole is, hey, A2, A24 and other independent uh, studios, you know, that are not part of the AMTPT, that are, you know, that have movies planned to go and have certain actors and actresses listed for those movies. Guess what? They're free to continue filming. I mean, this is why one of my mom's favorite um, shows on TBN and CW and and even Angel Studios app, you know, this is why you know you know they're able to. Like I said they're they're able to steal film because they're not part. The chosen is not part of anything. Angel Studios is not part of any uh, AM, AMPTP. They're not. So they're free to do uh, what they want when they want to do it. You know, and that's it. They don't have to answer to anybody. That is why they've been given exceptions, you know, when it comes to continuously filming for the next season. This is why certain independent movie projects by A2 Films and other independent studios have been given consent to continue filming, you know, along with the actors and actresses that are part of it. Because they're not part of the AMPTP. They're not. And I guarantee you what's going to happen, and this is just me, that I think a lot of the major studios are going to be like, well, if they can continue filming, you know, and they're not part of this group, why should we be part of this group? You know, they'll find a way. I've got a feeling some semi-major studios will be like, you know what? We're going to try to find a loophole to get out of the AMPTP agreement, so that way, if this ever happens again, we won't have to worry about it. You know, so, uh, so yeah. It's, um, it's one of those situations, it's one of those, um, ordeals I guess you could say that you know people you know people even in the screen actors guild and the writers guild probably what Told you there were going to be interruptions. But, um, no matter what this is, I still get my thing going. That's okay. Yeah, correct. Right. Well, like I was saying, um, well, like I was saying, uh, basically, you know, it's going to get to a point to where I think, you know, certain studios like, let's say, Lionsgate. I don't know if Lionsgate is part of the AMPTP. They may or may not be. I'm not really sure. But there will be mid-major studios that will be like, you know what? I'm going to try to find a loophole to get out of this agreement with the AMPTP so that if something like this happens again, you know, we won't have to worry about it. So I think that will be the after effect. I, I, I even feel like Warner Brothers and Disney might be like, hey, let's get out of this AMPTP thing because... If we can, you know, avoid being part of this, we could still film if something like this happens again. So, that may not happen, but still it might. But again, going back to the original topic, uh, this is why basically Sonic 3, you know, Sonic 3 is able to film still. Because the loophole is, you can't film if it involves actors, but you could still film if it's just based, if you're just filming certain scenes without them. And in this case, if they're filming certain scenes of Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Shadow... And by extension, uh, Amy Rose and Rouge, and everything, then you know they have nothing to worry about. That's the loophole. That's the loophole. So, so yeah, that is why. You know that is why they're, they're able to you know continue uh, filming um, as we speak. You know so. So yeah, um, <laughs> I, I know again it's a, it's a situation to where you would think the people in the 
you know, people that are striking in the guilds, both guilds, would have an understanding of that. You know, you think they would have an understanding. Again, could they ma march over there and say, hey, stop the filming, stop doing this? Yeah, they could. Just like they could go over to the independent, you know, a lot of the independent projects that are non-AMPTP, you know, and petition there and say, hey, stop the filming. We're not going to let film because the more that, because we need as many people to unite with us to show the studios that we on we mean business, you know, and you know I'm not saying they wouldn't they won't do that if that if then if they haven't considered or or if they haven't considered doing it, nor do I think um, they you know they uh, won't plan to do it you know because there, there's always options to try to get your point across is what I'm trying to say, even if it means invading, you know, and disrupting, you know, non-union uh, productions and everything to get your point across. But yeah, again, getting back to the topic, that is why Sonic 3 is able to film right now because they're filming only the characters of Sonic, Tails, Knuckles, Shadow, and if they're in there, Rouge and Amy, and not the human characters. So that's why they would do it. Again, you go back to Sonic 2, with the exception of Jim Carrey, most of that movie was just the CGI characters. I'm so there you go. That's how they're able to do this. All right. Um, let me get something to eat here for a second. All right. Eat a pickle. Um, all right. Next up. Next topic. Will Paramount Hasbro go through with the Transformers G.I. Joe crossover movie? Now, for those of you that have seen Rise of the Beast in theaters and now currently on streaming, like Paramount Plus and other places, um, and this is a bit of a spoiler, but then again, as John Campia put it when he talked about it, you know, if you if you haven't seen it past the theater and now you have the opportunity to see it whenever you want, you shouldn't be surprised. You know, you shouldn't be worried about spoilers. But anyway, at the end of the film, in a mid-credits scene, uh, the main human character, Noah, meets with the person earlier from the film, the uh, general guy, whatever his name is, uh, and he's thinking he's going in for an interview, but instead he finds out he's being recruited. And what's he being recruited? Who's who's he being recruited by? G.I. Joe. And we see this because as soon as he turns the card over, it has the G.I. Joe logo on it. So basically confirming that G.I. Joe and Transformers are in the same universe as far as the movies go. And of course this has led to a lot of people kind of wondering and speculating... So, does that mean John Cena was a G.I. Joe in the Bumblebee movie? More than likely, they just probably couldn't say anything um, at that time because they probably wanted to wait to this moment. But the question is, will they go through with it? Well, depending on how long these strikes go, which I don't think will last even to the end of the year, I really don't. Um, I think, honestly, they will. I think they will go through with it and everything. Um... And I think basically it's going to, you're going to have the same actor and actress, you know, same actors and actresses from this film. And you'll probably bring in John Cena, probably bring him back and everything to really just confirm that, yeah, that's who he was in the Bumblebee movie. Um, but yeah, I see him going through with it. Do I see him going through with it right away? Not really. If anything... Once these strikes are over and everybody gets back to work, which again, I think is going to be before the year's out, I think we will see, basically, um, we will see pre-production, and then we'll see production, or we'll hear about and see pre-production happening, and then we'll see and hear about production happening probably into the middle portion of next year. If not, more than likely, middle portion to, middle to late portion of next year, with a proposed release date around I would say 2026 or 2027 around that time frame so yeah that's that's what I see happening I do see him going through with it and whenever this strike is over which again I believe is going to be it by the before the end of the year is out I see this going into pre-production next year because you can't tell me they don't already have a script lined up they do they do have a script lined up they wouldn't tease gi joe at the end of the film 
in that mid credit scene if they didn't already have a script lined up. They do. So all they have to do is wait till the strike is over, which again, I, I think is going to be before the year's out. And I think, honestly, what's going to happen is you're going to see pre-production begin next year. And by the la by the mid to latter portion of next year, you're going to hear productions being ha productions happening. And at, at towards the end of next year into early 2025, you will hear about post-production happening. And that I would say between mid-2026 and spring 2027 is when you'll get the release of the movie. That's just my opinion, but I think, but honestly, I do think they're going to go through with that just based on what I feel is going, the feel, just based on what I feel is going to be the direction they're headed. That's just my opinion. But let me know what you guys think. Let me know what you guys think. Love to hear your thoughts on it. All right, last topic. Hasbro sells E1 to Lionsgate. Now, in case you guys don't know, E1 was basically Hasbro's entertainment distributor. Or basically, uh, when they were... It was a E1... Okay, let me rewind here. All right, Hasbro had created E1. It was originally all Spark Pictures. They created E1 as their movie and show distributor. And they were doing good with it, but I guess not good enough to whether like, okay, we need a bigger distributor... So they sold it to Lion Gates. So Lion Gates now has the rights to distribute under the E1 um, name a lot of the Hasbro properties. They have that right, um, if you will. So now it doesn't mean Lion Gates is going to outright now be in charge of Transformers, the live-action films. That's still Paramount. But e but basically, when it comes to like let's say the the shows and everything or anything. You know, post live action or pre live action Transformers or pre live action G.I. Joe, you know, they will have the rights to. They will have the rights to distribute. And it does bring up a lot of questions. Will Lion Gates finally release some, you know, shows, classic shows, more recent shows, even classic movies, recent movies under the Hasbro banner? You know, will they now release them on physical media in Blu ray or 4K? And that. That's a good question, because I know that a lot of people want to see Generation 4, Friendship with Magic, get a complete series release on Blu-ray and DVD. I mean, DVD, they already got it. DVD, they already got it over there. You know, that's most of the, that's seasons one to seven right there, officially. The other two, the other two last seasons didn't get it yet. But if Lion Gates is someone that would do that, then I could see it happening. So I can I, I can see it happen. I can see them re-releasing all seven seasons along with seasons eight and nine on DVD, and if not, giving us a complete DVD and complete Blu-ray release. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Do I see 4K? Maybe not. But I could see a 4K release of the 2017 movie, if not a 4K release of the Netflix uh, film uh, New Generation. I could see that. I could. Um, but as but right now. But uh, as of right now, it's only speculation. Speculation of what they're going to do. But, yeah, Hasbro decided to, you know, I guess decided, hey, we want a big distributor. And they said, you know, and they probably they probably asked around to some of the bigger studios. They're like, now nah, we don't want them. And they probably said, well, let's go to Lion Gate, see what they say. And Lion Gate's probably like, yeah, we'll do it. Because I think they see the profit. Like, hey, if we can get them, we can get someone like Hasbro and their properties with the, you know, under the, under distributing, uh, you know, uh, distributing it under, I should say, the E1 uh, name, that's going to help us out big time because they know there's value. They know there's value. So I would, so honestly, I would not be surprised if we get a, you know, a complete series release of Friendship is Magic, you know, on DVD, you know, re-release of one to, seasons one to seven and official final, and finally official releases of eight and nine. Along with some of the specials like Best Gift Ever, Rainbow Road Trip, if you will. I would not be surprised by that. Or even the release of some of the Equestria Girl specials uh, as well. I would not be surprised that we get you know, com you know, complete releases or re-releases of those. Along with maybe complete series releases like Blu-ray like Blu and Blu-ray complete series releases along with the DVDs. I would not, surprised if we, not be surprised if we get that. I would not be surprised if we get Transformers Prime complete series on Blu-ray. You know, complete series. I would not be surprised if we get G.I. Joe Resolute 
you know, on Blu-ray or G.I. Joe Renegades or G.I. Joe Sigma 6, all with Blu-ray releases and, you know, complete series-wise and all that. I would not be surprised if Generation 1 of Transformers and MLP and G.I. Joe would get, finally, Blu-ray releases, you know, SD to Blue, SD, you know, SD to BD-wise, if you will, um, as, um, you know, as Discotech puts it. So I would not be surprised by that. I would not be surprised. You know, Gem, I can also see him getting that same kind of treatment too. I would not be surprised by that. You know, the classic 80s series. But yeah, the, if you're a Hasbro fan and everything, this is a big deal. This is a big historic deal and we'll just see what happens. We'll just see what happens with it. But yeah, Hasbro has sold E1 to Lionsgate and we'll just see what Lionsgate with, does with it. That's about it. So anyway though guys, that's about going to do it for this uh, Topics in My Mind. Uh, film live stream today on the 10th of August 2023 and will be distributed to Spotify also today you know video wise believe it or not and you will see it this weekend uh, by the time some of you do see it this on YouTube you'll be seeing it uh, on the third around the 13th so that's all I'm gonna really say guys thank you all for joining